This episode of Armchair Explorer is brought to you by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. With seven drive modes, the Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys. And epic journeys is what we're all about. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Armchair Explorer on location. Travel and adventure stories recorded in the field in the most immersive way possible, designed to give you a glimpse of what it feels like to be there for real. Are you ready? Let's go. This week, we are going to Nashville, Tennessee, the country music capital of the world. Don't worry, you definitely don't have to love country to love Nashville. It's a music town. If you like listening to live music, and who doesn't? Some of the best performers in the world are here. And I'm not just talking about the famous ones. This is a town where the best aspiring musicians in the country and around the world come. And the standard is ridiculously high. So we're going to have some fun. We're going to be going backstage at 3rd and Lindsay, one of Nashville's most iconic venues, to meet the songwriters who are the beating heart of Nashville and hear a pretty awesome performance, too, from someone I really enjoyed. We're going to stand on the stage of the legendary Ryman Auditorium, where everyone from Johnny Cash to Aretha Franklin played... And now, my producer Jason Patton played too. He's a top-class musician. Check it out. His band's called Little Trips. Shameless plug there. And he plays a song for us too and makes one of his bucket list dreams come true. And that's not all because, of course, we're going to party on Broadway, Nashville's Honky Tonk Highway, row after row of raucous saloons where you can listen to live music from 10 a.m. to 3 a.m., seven days a week. It is an odyssey, a musical mecca that you have to do once if you love travel and you love music, and I'm sure you do. So just a quick disclaimer before we get started. Our on-location episodes take a lot of time and money to make, so we partner with Destinations to make that happen. They help with the costs, but the storytelling is all ours. So thanks to the folks at Tennessee Tour, we did six episodes on this series, and if you like this, you can scroll back in the feed to find a few more or look up the Tennessee Music Pathways podcast on your favorite platform. At Armchair Explorer Podcast is our Instagram and Facebook. Tell me what you think of this one, what else you'd like to hear, and where you're going next. The website is armchair-explorer.com, where you can sign up to our newsletter. Highly recommend that you do that, but not right now, because the band's about to go on stage. Turn it up to 11. We're going to Nashville, Tennessee. Welcome to the Tennessee Music Pathways podcast. We're going to take you on a journey from the Great Smoky Mountains and the roots of country to the banks of the Mississippi and the birth of rock and roll. This is the soundtrack of America made in Tennessee. Welcome to the Tennessee Music Pathways. 
just arrived in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm standing in the middle of Broadway, America's music street. Music of all kinds, country, rock and roll is blaring at me from all sides. I feel like I'm in the middle of a jukebox that's gone haywire and every single song is playing simultaneously in surround sound. So come with me now because we're about to have some fun. We're in Nashville, Tennessee and the party's just about to begin. Friday night, really, you come to Broadway, you're gonna have fun every night. Dancing, having fun, singing, and it feels like we're in heaven. Speaking of which, we're going to church. In a sense, we'll be back on Broadway later, but first, we're going to the place where it all began. Entering the mother church of country music, the Ryman Auditorium. I tell you, you're the podcast. Aaron, nice to meet you. This is the Ryman's museum curator, Joshua Brandenburg. We're just walking over here to what we call our Air Castle Studio. It's a novelty recording studio that we use for uh, recording guests that come in. Oh, so in our little studio here, we have a little platform you stand on when you record. It's made from bits of the 1951 stage. Can I, uh, can I give it a... <laughs> There's a long tradition of cloggers on the Opry, so that makes sense. Yeah. The red brick Gothic style building is unmissable. Lancet windows trimmed in white, stained glass frame the outside, carved wood bench seats arc around the stage. As you walk in, memorabilia and history are everywhere. It really does look and feel like a church. And for a long time, that's exactly what it was. We open as a non-denominational tabernacle. So you're sitting on the same oak pews that generations of people have sat upon to hear, I mean, the biggest names of performance, whether it be you know, seeing Harry Houdini do escape tricks on our stage or seeing Roy Acuff do yo-yo tricks. Generations have sat in the same oak pews to, do that, to see that talent. Who are some of the greats that have graced this stage here at the Ryman? It's truly a, a staggering list. I mean, you're talking everybody from Valentino, Caruso, Booker T. Washington, Teddy Roosevelt, Howard Taft, Helen Keller, Catherine... And as it evolved, the greats of country music arrived too. The Carter family, Merle Haggard, Patsy Cline, Emmylou Harris, Loretta Lynn, Earl Scruggs and Bill Monroe, the fathers of bluegrass, played here together for the first time, giving birth to that genre. But perhaps the most famous Ryman story of all, is that of Johnny Cash and June Carter. Their story is inherently intertwined with the Ryman. So, 56, Cash came here on our, uh, to perform for the first time. Johnny ends up meeting June backstage. They get to chatting, and she asked for some of his records. So the following Saturday night, he came back and he gave her two autograph records. And according to June, the very first night they met, he told her something to the effect of God will allow it, I'm going to marry you someday. Uh, unfortunately, he was married to a Vivian at the time. <laughs> so uh, I'm not sure God would allow it. Well, you know, uh, <laughs> but, you know, obviously he, there, there definitely was a spark when they first met. And, you know, as, as they say, the rest is history. On March 1st, 1968, Johnny and June did get married, and they went on to become one of the most celebrated country music couples of all time. 
And it's those stories, past and present, that make The Ryman so special. You don't just watch a show here. You join a legacy of music lovers that have danced and laughed and cheered together for more than 130 years. You can feel that history. But watching a show is one thing. To stand on that stage as those greats have before you, that's something else altogether. Walking onto the Ryman stage is like walking on hallowed ground. This is the mother church of country music where it is worshipped and adored, where it all began. And walking on here, I am following in the footsteps of the greats of Johnny Cash, of Hank Williams, of Dolly Parton. And looking out here now, looking out at the row of church pews, you can see why this is called the Mother Church, because this is where it started and you can feel the energy around you. The legendary Ryman Auditorium. It has been a dream of mine to stand here on this stage for my whole life. And I can't believe that I'm here. I can just imagine the crowd before me it's something that I've imagined for years and years. And all right, the venue may be empty now, but not for me. In my imagination, this is a dream come true. But standing on the Ryman is one thing. Getting to play the Ryman stage. Very few people get to do that. I'm feeling pretty lucky right now. This is Jason Patton, our audio producer on guitar. Live at the Ryman Auditorium. I love it. Thank you, Nashville. I got chills up here. I got chills up here, man. Just look out. The musicians that come to Nashville come here with two things, a dream and a song. And that dream is to play on those big stages, the Ryman, the Grand Old Opry. But it begins in these smaller venues, venues like Backstage at 3rd and Lindsay, where the real singer-songwriters, the grafters, the ones that are doing the hard yards to make it to those big stages, begin. Hey, hey there, I'm Kristen, you I'm Brittany, hey, Brittany. Hey, Brittany. Hey, Brittany. Hey, so yeah. glad to have y'all here. Oh, so I'll so take much. y'all backstage. So we have a full lot up oh, for nice. you. And most of, the, um, most of the songwriters are already back here. So We're here for Backstage Nashville, a weekly showcase of what is billed as authentic Nashville. And that's because even though it's incredibly popular, every table out front is filled, there's no stars. This show is all about the people behind the stars, the songwriters. And there is a great lineup, including Ray Stevenson, whose songs have been recorded by Kenny Chesney, Willie Nelson, Blake Shelton, and also Danny Wells, writer of the number one hit, Check Yes or No. Backstage, everyone's warming up, playing guitar, singing, and then someone catches our eye. Hey, how you doing? Hello. Are you performing today? I am. Hey, I'm this a, is Kaylee Bishop, and she is what Nashville is all about. Hardworking, incredibly talented, and just on the cusp of making it big. How does it feel, like, you know, to be back here and just about to go on? 
Honestly, it's really special because I know so many wonderful writers have been playing here mm. for quite some time. Yeah. And so it's nice to be backstage, like, where they all congregate and just know, I'm like, oh, I'm one of the group now. There's a nice energy back there. There's a nice yeah, feel. So There's lots of musicians. I feel like Nashville is unique in some ways because it's not just about the music. It's not just about the star and the big stage. It's really about the song and songwriting. And that's kind of what today's about, too. So talk to me about that process of songwriting. I've always, something I've always been fascinated in. It seems like a kind of magic, you know, inspiration, <laughs> but it's also a craft, right? You got to yeah. work at it. So how do you approach songwriting? Have you ever been heartbroken? <laughs> yes. Can I, can I like, still remain in this kind of neutral yeah. answer on that? Yeah, yeah, I've been heartbroken. Well, that's a good start because now you got a story. <laughs> now you got something to talk about. Yeah. For me, I always start from my experiences. And it's all about like, okay, can you see the story in your head as you hear the lyrics come out? There's this uh, Patti Loveless song, You Don't Even Know Who I Am is the name of the song. And if you just look at those lyrics, like you see it all go down, like he left the car in the driveway. I always use that as a great example of like country songwriting of like, man, that's a heartbroke love song. But when it comes to crafting the song, if you've got a melodic hook, is what we say, we call the, the hook is what hooks you in and it, what gives you the earworm later on when you're like playing it back in your head. And we're always like looking for a good hook, lyrically, melodically, musically, instrumentally. There's all those things that go into like creating a great song that's memorable and that transcends and that becomes a hit. What's your dream for being here in Nashville? Like, is it about the songwriting? Is it about the performance? I I want to be on stage. I want to be on stage. I feel like that's where my impact is. And I feel like that's where my call is. And if I can impart some sort of emotion or make someone feel like they could transcend out of their circumstances, even in that moment, then I feel like I've done my job. Well, I have no doubt you'll make it to the even bigger and better stages than here. This is a pretty good one, too, but, you know, you have a beautiful voice and you write great songs, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing you on stage, but I wonder if you could just maybe play us a little something back here as well, just yeah. for... Yeah? Yeah. Um, let's do this one. This is a song I wrote called Blue-Eyed Baby. Blue-Eyed Baby something sweet I think maybe you've swept me off my feet your smile your charm and sensibilities they got me yes they got me Kaylee is special. She has a kind of glow about her. And who knows, that blue-eyed baby may one day be a hit. But getting that hit, getting from heartbreak to big break, is not easy. And that's also what Nashville is about. And to understand that, we have to go back to the beginning. This episode of Armchair Explorer is presented by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. From muddy jungle paths and snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder has the capability to take you to some of the most epic destinations on Earth. And Pathfinder, that's a pretty cool name, isn't it? Because that's also what this show is all about. Exploring, getting off trail, having adventures, finding your own path and living life to the fullest. 
Sound like you? Yep, sounds like me too. Which is why I'm so excited to partner with Nissan. The 2024 Nissan Pathfinder has seven drive modes, available intelligent 4x4. It's got the best towing capacity in its class, up to 6,000 pounds. So go ahead and bring all that gear with you and lots more. The 2024 Nissan Pathfinder, a vehicle built for adventures everywhere. So thanks again to Nissan for sponsoring this episode and for the reminder to chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures and enjoy the ride along the way. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. It started with WSM Radio. This is Michael McCall, the senior editor and writer at the Country Music Hall of Fame right here in Nashville. They had this incredible engineer here in Nashville who was able to build not just a 50,000 watt power station, but also built the really the best radio tower in the world at the time. His name was John Dewitt, a local radio engineer prodigy, and that powerful signal, an 878-foot tower, meant that WSM were able to broadcast across the country at a level of clarity that was unheard of at the time. In the 1930s, radio was by far the most prevalent form of entertainment. And suddenly, everyone was listening to Nashville. In those days, music was still more live on the radio base and live performance base than it was recordings. And uh, WSN had this great idea to start uh, what they would call a barn dance um, on weekends. So they gathered together several stars at sort of a cast that appeared every week and sometimes had guests coming in and out. And that became the Grand Ole Opry. If you got on the Opry, you could be heard from Maine to California and even up to places in Canada and Mexico too. Everyone wanted to be a part of it. And because of that, it drew the best talent to Nashville. So the Opry became this central force. And then they started building recording studios. And I think Decca Records was the first one to come in, uh, which became a huge studio. RCA followed up and decided, well, Decca's recording records in Nashville, we should too. So they hired Chet Atkins and, and opened a, what we now call RCA Studio B. So now you've got publishing companies. You know, somebody starts a, a booking agency, you know, and a concert company. So you end up with this, you know, huge infrastructure and all the different players and pieces that you need uh, to make records and put on tours and, and put on shows uh, on the radio stations. So that becomes why everybody wants to be in Nashville. Um, so that's where the musicians are, it's where the best studios are, it's where the best producers are, it's where the big stars are. And it's the, from there, the, if you want to be a star in country music, somebody tells you you should move to Nashville. And that conflux of influences, those two streams, the business and the music, came together and created something new. Chet Atkins, the legendary RCA Studio B producer, and Owen Bradley saw the potential of country music to break onto a national stage. But in order to do so, they realized they would have to tweak the music to the trends of the time. They weren't just trying to make records anymore. They were trying to make hits, and they called this new style the Nashville Sound. Chet Atkins always said the Nashville Sound, and he stuck his hand in his pocket and jiggled some coins and said, that's the Nashville sound. What he meant was about making money. So both of them started developing bands that could play a sophisticated kind of pop country music that was maybe de-emphasized the steel guitar in some places, de-emphasized the 
fiddle might become a string section, you know? So, um, so all of a sudden they're, they're making music for what I think the purpose was to sort of reach an adult audience. If the kids are going to be listening to rock and roll, we can create music that will appeal to uh, adults and in some cases maybe more sophisticated adults than uh, some of the country audience was seen as at the time. And it sold records, you know? So once you try a couple of songs like that and they become very popular, you know, everybody's chasing what works. But that's only half the story, because Chet and Owen knew they needed more than a sound to have a hit. The most critical part, the piece you needed above all else, was the song. And that brought a new breed of musician to Nashville, and it's still the beating heart of the city today. So Danny, this is so cool for me. I'm getting to like hang out backstage in the green room. There's a big bottle of Maker's Mark on the rider down there. We're back at 3rd and Lindsay in a smaller dressing room reserved for the VIPs, and we've just bumped into one of them, Danny Wells, one of Nashville's premier hitmakers. So tell me your story, like coming to Nashville as a, as a young singer-songwriter. In, in my case, um, I was in town 15 years before I ever had a cut, so I haven't always been blessed with them, but just kept trying. You know, they said, if you want to be an artist, you, you need to write songs. So I kept writing songs and loved it. And and they would always say, hey, Danny, we like you. You're really nice, but we don't really hear any hit songs. And, and then this one day, this guy calls me back, Chris Oglesby, and he said, man, I'd like to introduce you to a couple of people to write with. One is Craig Wiseman, and Craig's an incredible talent. Chris also introduced me to his wife. And um, what ended up happening, we met in the top, on the top floor, room 301 of the ASCAP building. She brought a piece of paper in with these words on it. Cut off blue jeans and an old tire swing, I remember well. We carved our names in a Georgia pine, then we underlined forever. And we didn't really write those words in the song, but it got us in the mood to write about young love. So we did. And when we did that, we got together second day and we decided to move a few little things around and we made a demo of it. And then her song plugger on the business side of things at the publishing company was dropping our cassette in Clay Walker's box. And she inadvertently drops in George Strait's box. So he hears the song and he likes it. So he's wanting to get approval. So he's going back home and one morning he's taking his, his uh, son Bubba to school. And um, he told him, he said, Bubba, I need to get your opinion. I need you to tell me you know, what you think of this song. So he stuck the cassette tape in that vehicle down in Texas and played it for him. Bubba had his arms crossed. You know how kids can be in the morning. So after the song finished, he said, Dad, I didn't want to like it. But that's a cool song. So after being in town 15 years and never having a, you know, a cut and finally getting my first one, I always have to say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, George. And thank you, Bubba. things you always hear is it's all about the song if you're going to be a star artist you've got to have hit songs that people want to hear and the, the, one of the best things about Nashville is you can go find clubs that were the songwriters who wrote those songs not the ones who are performing on stage with flash pots and colored lights you know but but sitting down you know on a stage by themselves or in a small circle of other songwriters and then playing that song in its rawest form um, you know that that's an incredible experience to have 
the things that's amazing to me is if you go to any club in Nashville, people are really good all the time. This is Sarah Trahern, the CEO of the Country Music Association. And sometimes it may just be there, but for the grace of God or an alignment of, well, we had too many singer-songwriters at that stage with that look so that they missed their class of being launched out into the universe. And sometimes those people are still knocking on the doors and doing their piece and they make it. And it's amazing to get to watch artists go through that that life cycle. And I think that the city becomes a piece of the story for so many people. But it's it's an amazing town just to walk into a place and not necessarily just chase the names, just chase the experience. And if you're really lucky, you'll catch someone really special. Someone just like Kaylee. Put your hands together and meet our next discovery artist, Miss Kaylee Bishop. Devin, that was just the nicest intro. What a lovely Saturday. Are y'all enjoying yourselves today? Start of songwriting, I like to say. <laughs> this first song I'm going to play you is called If I Ever Find Love Again. country, but it's modern country, true to its roots, but with a dose of rock and roll and soul thrown into. That's how it should be. When Chet Atkins and Owen Bradley invented the Nashville sound back in the 50s, it was pushing the boundaries of what country music was. And that's exactly what this city inspires. This is the cutting edge of country music. It inspires evolution. And that's important because music here isn't just something that's written and recorded and played. Nashville is the place where music comes alive. I think the future is you're just going to see a lot more blending of the lines between musical genres, a lot more musicians being influenced by other musicians and other styles. And you're seeing it today. You see people like Chris Stapleton, you know, he's seen as kind of a bluegrass country guy, but he's absolutely, you can clearly hear the influences of, you know, soul and R&B and rock and roll in his music. And I think it's great. I think the need to always define it as one thing is problematic because I think music at its core is like water and it morphs into a wave and it goes out and it all can be derivative. But that's good. If it were all the same, then we'd be living in the past as opposed to looking ahead. You begin to realize in Nashville, it's music city. And it's not only country, as y'all know, it's pop, it's rock, it's jazz, it's, it's hip hop. 
it's all mixed together, rap and just everything, and it's, and it's wonderful. And that brings us back to Broadway, because in the end, any great music city needs one thing above all else. It's the thing that drives the business, the thing that draws the players, the thing that pushes the boundaries of what music is and could be. It needs fans. And Nashville has plenty of those. This is different from any other street I've ever been on in my life. I've watched a lot of concerts, I love music, but I've never watched 50 concerts simultaneously at the same time. That's what it feels like to be in Broadway in Nashville, Tennessee. We're kind of in the middle of everyone coming in together to have fun, so to have a big party. It's really good to be here, like we're really happy. Oh, I was like, what are you doing? It's a beautiful city. I think Nashville's a cool mix of like an up-and-coming, like trendy city as well as like a lot of good like music going on here. It's very vibrant, exciting, lots of things to do. I love Nashville. And so far I like the moonshine. I said it's badass, bro. Yeah. to be immersed by the greatest musicians in the world and I'm here to absorb wow. that talent. If you're a musician and you've ever turned your amp up to 11 or bang that snare drum as hard as you can, if you're a music lover and you've ever stood at the front row of a concert and screamed your lungs out to your throat run dry, then Nashville is the place where you have to come. This is the pilgrimage that all music lovers must take, but it's more than just a place. Nashville is a feeling. Nashville is the heart of American music. And the heart of Nashville is the Grand Old Opry. There, at the center of the stage, is a circle of wood taken from the Mother Church, the original Ryman Auditorium. And written upon it are these words. Will the circle be unbroken? And here's the answer. Country music is a family, a big tent under which all are welcome. And as long as Nashville keeps drawing the fans, the artists, as long as it keeps pushing the sound forward, the circle will never be broken. And the next generation of that family is already ensuring it remains intact. My last song here is called No Place Like Gone. And I, I wrote it about leaving a bad thing. Got my heels, clicked them together, and I said, I'm out of here, baby. This episode inspires you to come to Tennessee and explore these pathways for yourself. You can find out more about how to do that, including all the things we mentioned in this episode, by going to tnmusicpathways.com. 
And make sure to tune in to our next episode where we'll be traveling to Memphis to find out about the birth of funk, soul, and rock and roll. It's going to be a good one, including a unique behind-the-scenes look at the legendary Sun Studios where Elvis made his first hit and a private tour of Royal Studios, home of Willie Mitchell, Bruno Mars, and so many other musical greats. So hit that subscribe button and follow us wherever you get your shows. You're not going to want to miss any of this. Much of the music featured in this episode was performed by local musicians. If you would like to hear some of the historical recordings we mentioned, please check out our Tennessee Music Pathways Spotify playlist. The link is in the show notes and on the website. Thank you to the musicians who featured in this episode. You can find out more about Kaylee Bishop at kayleybishop.com. That's K-A-Y-L-E-Y bishop.com. Her Instagram and Facebook is at Kaylee Bish. Her TikTok is her full name, Kaylee Bishop. And she's on YouTube and Spotify as well. Just search up her name and buy some of that music too. You can say you bought it before she got big, which no doubt is going to happen very, very soon. I'd also like to give a big thanks to Backstage at 3rd and Lindsay. They put on an amazing showcase of the best songwriters in Nashville every Saturday. Don't miss it. It's a fantastic show and a great chance to find some of that authentic Nashville we've been talking about throughout the episode. Go to thirdandlindsay.com. That's the number three, R-D, and Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-L-E-Y, all one word, thirdandlindsay.com and search up upcoming shows to find out more. Thank you to all our guests too. Michael McCall, head writer and editor at the Country Music Hall of Fame. Another must-visit attraction while you're in Nashville. Find out more about that at cmhof.com. Songwriter Danny Wells, well, he tells me he's not really on social media, which is fair enough, so you'll just have to keep an eye out for him when he's playing in Nashville, as it really is a treat, and we really thank you so much, Danny, for taking the time to play for us, too. Sarah Trahern, the CEO of the Country Music Association, thank you for your contribution. It was a real treat to meet you and to find out about the greatest country music festival of all time that happens every summer in Nashville, CMA Fest. It's just a huge lineup of amazing artists and just an incredibly good time. The 2023 event is June 8th to 11th. Go get your tickets now. They will sell out. And you can find out more at cmafest.com. A special thanks also to Joshua Brandenburg, the Ryman Museum's curator, not just for a great tour and interview, but also for letting us play on stage. Dream come true. Get tickets, check out gigs, tour the museum and more at ryman.com. Finally, a very special shout out to our audio producer, Jason Patton, who played for us on the Ryman stage. The song was from his band's debut album. They're called Little Trips. The album's called Downhill to Paradise. And you can find out more at littletrips.co. The series was produced by Armchair Productions, the audio experts for the travel industry. Find out more at armchair-productions.com. My name's Aaron Miller. I wrote and presented the show and Jason Patton produced and sound designed it. We'll see you next time on the Tennessee Music Pathways podcast. Yeah. 
Thanks for listening to this Armchair Explorer on location episode. I had a ton of fun making it. I hope you had a ton of fun coming along with me. Next week, we'll be back with our usual format and then there'll be lots more on location stuff to come. 